Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wilford sets off upfield. He wants a speedster to run onto it. He might be the quickest. Oh, he kicks. He kicks ahead. And now Corey Oates will come. Oh, Oates with the one-handed pickup. How about that? Asako in behind them. He's confused. He didn't know whether to kick or whether to run. Broncos fan, and welcome, to, welcome to Broncos. <laughs> when do we feel like doing it? <laughs> um, yeah. This is the I don't know Knights review slash Eels review slash depression slash uh, preview episode. <laughs> As always, I'm Mitch, and I'm joined on the line by our good friend Simo. How you doing, Simo? Uh, yeah, just living the dream. Yeah, yourself. I got some sloppy standards to our podcasting, but it's um. It's definitely appropriate. <laughs> it's hundred percent appropriate right now. Yeah. Oh, you know, whatever. It's mid-season form. <laughs> it's a miracle we're even doing a podcast at this point. So you know, is what it is. It is. We've had life keep getting in the way, and it hasn't been the worst thing. Last year, I used to feel really guilty if we couldn't do an episode. Now it's come like Broncos fortnightly, and also now we're doing it because we feel like we're obliged. Like, we're not going to give you anything new in this podcast you haven't heard us whinge about in the past. <laughs> but here we are, anyway. Well, that's... I mean, that's also the thing, is it's like... We're just going in circles at this point, saying the same stuff, but it's also like we haven't... I mean, it was the buy round. We yeah. had a buy, so it's kind of, you know... Yeah. Whatever. Exactly. Anyway, how's the life been, mate? How have you been the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I had holidays, so I was down in Adelaide, so that that was nice. Mrs. Um, family? Meet the uh, meet the bub. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we were down at Christmas when Nestelle was only like eight weeks then, so she's actually like interactive now. It's a lot more fun mm. to play with. But yeah, so yeah, it was pretty good. And then I always take an extra day off at the end of it to re- for holidays, so I get a short week at work. So you know, this one has been pretty quick week at work. This one, so it's good. Mate, how good is short weeks at work? How do we not work a four day week? Oh, I know. You get those countries like Switzerland or Sweden, you know, those ones, and they work like six-hour days and four-day weeks, and they still get as much work done as, like, you know, us chumps working 40 hours a week, and yeah, that, that's that's the way it should be, eh? Well, that's it. I, I end up working, like, 50, 60-hour weeks, but as we all know, there's probably 10 of that or more I waste, at least. Just just doing nothing, you know, but if you... <laughs> that's how we all are, because you, like, burn out by the end of the week, and you're like, like Friday's... Till like one PM on a Friday, I'm doing nothing. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, and then uh, I guess I'll do something now. Like, that's just it. My favorite job I ever had, and I oh, like, well, it was when I was working for one of the papers in town here. And on like one of the first days I was there, they were like, "Look, we don't care what you wear. Like, no dress code for you." I was doing graphic design, so they were like, "You know, you're not going to be talking to people. You're sitting in your office, just you know, wear whatever you want." So that was footy shorts and jerseys. Um, and then they said, like, as long as you get your work done when it's there, because it was like, doing advertising and stuff like that. Like, yeah. sometimes you just have no ads that need to be done, but then other times you'd be really busy through the week. So they were like, look, as long as you get the work done when there's work done, we don't care what you do outside of that. Oh, that's good. So it was one of those workplaces. Where, like, I didn't have to, like, make myself look busy when I wasn't busy. Um, 
So I played a lot of Minecraft and wore, wore football jerseys to work. So that, that was my favourite job. How'd you? Why'd you leave that job? What's going on here? What's called wrong? <laughs> the uh, the paper closed down due uh, to uh, mismanagement of people <laughs> above me. <laughs> Inefficient workforce potentially. Uh, no, the workforce was fine, but yeah. uh, yeah, there's a lot of things we won't go into that. that bloody but middle I ended up <laughs> they ended up not paying us for months, and then I was like, there's like a big. Uh, yeah, stuff. Yeah, cool. Yeah. It's a whole political thing, was it, mate? You're and you're out, you're out doing the old, the hard manual labour now, mate. Out of the desk job, working, working hard. Yeah, we're trying to fix that too. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay, let's move on to some Broncos-related stuff. I know, I know, it's depressing, <laughs> but we'll start with some great news. Probably the best news the club's got in about a month is uh, Jaden Sewer's gone. So that's nice. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> In all seriousness, we've talked about this before. He wasn't in our top 17 this year or in like what we could see years going forward. So, you know, why not move him on? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is a player that you can go back three years on this podcast and we were asking, like, why has this guy got such big raps on him? Like, why does he get called the next Sammy B. Williams every offseason? And it's not to say he's, he, he can't go on and be good at Souths. It's just, he was never really that good for us. Had like a good five-week period last year, and then we just re-signed him because we felt like we had to, I guess. And then this year comes around, and we're like, oh, wait, we're fully fit. Where do, where do you fit? Oh. <laughs> and then he had that game. He was, a, he was terrible any game he played this year. He's been... Like, his defense is disgusting. It really is. So he can go work on that at South. We get the cat back, and then, like... They even had that way, like, the awkward thing is that he said, not only is he not in our best 17, he's not even in, like, our best 21 at this point, like... Even when we had injuries and stuff, he still wasn't playing games. When he did, he came on against Parramatta, for example. And then, like, I know the game was already over, but that try they scored at the end of the game, they ran a hit up at him. He just didn't tackle the guy. Like, the guy just ran right, like, didn't put his arms up. And they ran right through at school. And it was like, every minute he put out this year has not been a good minute. So, no loss there at, at all. Good to have the cap back. Yeah, don't mind mm. at all this one. So, that's all right. Yeah, in classic case of everyone's, like, what are the Broncos doing with that one? It's like, no, no, there is. What has he done? Nothing. You've just got heard all heard the reputation. But yeah, um, we also picked up Reese Kennedy in this move, who's probably just going to be at the club for a year. Whatever, I don't care. <laughs> As I saw someone on Twitter said, I'd rather have you know a reserve grader second rower in your on your cap for no a hundred thousand than five hundred thousand. So you know, if they're going to play Q Cup and not actually make the side, you might as well spend less on them. Exactly, exactly right. And then we've also had a lot of other movements the last few weeks, but we've had um, Corey Pakes and Xavier Coates re-sign, because now apparently we're like a full... We're going young, Simo. <laughs> Rebuilding, so now we're finally re-signing the young, young players after spending years re-signing all the old ones. We've done that, and then apparently we're pretty much going to secure everyone else in the coming weeks, but I'm not going to bother with the innuendo. I'm not, I have no fear of Matt Lodge leaving, by the way, people. Like... If he goes, he goes. If he doesn't, like, I feel like everything that's happening, if he was going to leave already, he would have left. It's all management stuff. Like, no player who leaves your club spends 10 weeks in a meeting going, hey, look, look at the offer I've got. Hey, have you seen this offer? Uh, hey, how about this Yeah, one? no, it's, apart from, like, Tedesco. Oh, oh but he can't make his mind up every two days. He was a different club every two days, Tedesco. Like. But, like, yeah. you know, the Ben Hunt deal happened, like, a week, you know, for example. And then another comparison is, like, Clint Gutherson spent, like, 10 weeks going, hey, para, hey, para, I might go. <laughs> but, like, again, those players <laughs> always end up staying. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously a really good player, but if he did leave, you'd find someone else, you know. Yeah, like, he's a, he's a good prop, great prop, but, like, again, I'm not going to lose sleep over if we let him go. At this point, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't like, like any of them anyway at this point, so... Whatever, I'd be upset with like Pangai and Milford and Oates leaving. That'd be about it. On day for um, No, nah, I like Turpin. Too. Turpin's nice. Well, that one it might legitimately be a chance of losing him, but I do feel like like obviously there's a long way to go. I have absolutely no news on this, but I do feel like we are working something out in terms of getting rid of older guys and keeping them on because again, Turpin's been linked to the Bulldogs, and if he really was looking to go and there wasn't an opportunity at Brisbane for him, he would be gone. You know? Yeah. Uh, anything, any news you want to cover, mate? I think, I think that's about it. Yeah, no, I don't have much. Yeah, so we'll go, okay. We'll go into the recap of the last game we played. We won't go back a few weeks, but I don't think we can, we're not going to spend too much time on it. I don't think we found out anything new in this game, but Saturday night, uh, Newcastle Knights 26, Brisbane Broncos 12, in front of a packed stadium. There was 25k there for those bastards. Uh, tries to us, 
Uh, Tom Flegler right at the start of the second half and Tony Staggs, uh, two from two conversions for Staggs. Uh, over on the Knights side, tries to Edric Lee, Lockie Fitzgibbon, Sean Kenny Dale, Mason Leno. Mason Leno, four from four with the boot. Um, yeah, they also had James Gavitt Sinbin. But uh, in pretty much exactly the game I expected this to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I um, gave like less craps about this game than Darius Boy did, so I went to the pub for a feed. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's a lot of craps to not give. <laughs> I, I was like kind of half watching it on like KO. Well, the, the Great Western up here, it's a top pub. They did a meal. It was a rack of ribs, half a kilo of wings, a pile of chips, and a beer for 25 bucks. And Mate. it was... That is just value. That did is you good value. That? Yeah. Mate, good. So, rack of ribs... How many wings was just a pile? Half a kilo. Half a kilo. I feel like wings, by the way, is the most deceptive kilo to meat ratio oh, ever. They always it, like it's it's like five wings. <laughs> yeah, oh, it might have been like fifteen, thirteen, fifteen, something like that. Yeah, but um, like little, little wings, hey, little wingettes. Yeah, you're not. You're, there's not much meat, but it's still yeah. fu- like it's good to eat. It's good. Yeah, lots of delicious. flavor to meat ratio. Um, yeah. Big pile of chips and a beer. Um, yeah, that's a good deal. Yeah, so we we went out there, and so I was kind of watching on KO, and I just thought in the second half when we had all that momentum, I was like, man, like five, ten minutes into that half, that was when Turpin needed to be on because yeah. I could have seen us, like, snatching it if he was the hooker and, you know, but then I think we just left that too long and it just didn't happen. And then Darius Boyd, he got sick of, like, buggering it up by <laughs> buggering up by doing nothing, and so he decided to bugger it up by doing something when he should have done nothing. Yeah. I find it interesting uh, you say you want to turp it on within five to ten minutes of that period in the second half. I think it was about five to ten seconds in the start of the first half. I was like, where's oh. Turpin? <laughs> Get him on. I, I was that too, but then I was like, now we double need Turpin. But yeah. Oh. But um, that oh. Darius Boyd, they, obviously everyone's seen both things he did. The the, the missed tacklers, like, we've come to expect that now. At this point, that's the expectation. Every week there'll be one of those. But that effort on that ball going dead is one of the most special things I've ever seen on the rugby league field. I like. I honestly, it is up there with. I once saw Lance Thompson get flipped over in a tackle and play the ball backwards, and like it's dumber than that. That made more sense. Like, <laughs> <laughs> at least he was disorientated. Like, it's, I said to you, this to you in a, in a some chat somewhere. Like, we even did this play in TRL, is you stand on the dead ball line, or in TRL it's the goal line, and I was taking it's the goal line, and, like, then you know you can, st- like, move forward to take the kick. And if it goes over your head, you know you're standing on the dead ball line, you know where that line is, and you know you're going to get kicked out on the fall. So I just don't get how... How many games has he played? He would have played, like, 300 games. Yeah, 305, I think, around there. Plus his origins, plus, like, for Australia... Plus, if you imagine, like, all his Q Cup games and first grade games as club, like, he would have played, like, 600 or more games of rugby league, and he makes that mistake. I, it's just unbelievable. I don't think an adult in Australian football would ever make a mistake as bad as that. Yeah, it's it's one of those mistakes. It's, like, the only thing he was left that he was good at was catching high balls. It was the only thing. He couldn't run him back around him, but he'd catch him. And <laughs> he caught what, it. Maybe that's what he was trying to show. He's he like, caught I it. Can, I can still oh play fullback, guys. If you somehow missed what happened, lads, we finally scored a try and we got within striking distance. We didn't really deserve to be there because we'd been so bad when we had the ball. But we get a kick off, and Darius is kicked towards Darius, who's about five in the middle of the in goal when they kick it off. And Lodge is back behind dead ball line where he's supposed to be, where you start as a prop. So obviously everyone else knows where they're supposed to be. Darius, middle of the in goal, they kick it deep. It is going like three metres high over their ball line, you know? And old mate Boyd runs back, make, leaps, makes a miraculous catch to get up there. Just to land dead. And then look around and like kind of glare at Matt, Matt Lodge like he had to catch him or something. <laughs> like it was Matt Lodge's fault. And then obviously we dropped the ball out and never got back into the game. But it was just like him, the, the replay when you've got like Lodge, Carrigan and Milford is looking at him and all thinking, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it is cold. Like what has he done? I mean, we got the ball straight back from the short restart though, didn't we? Yeah, we did. But it's like we never yeah. really got back into the game. From then on. And I mean, I don't think we're ever really in the game. I mean, we had all and the numbers. If you look at the numbers only, you think, oh, Broncos won this game. Like, you know, a lot more meters, more possession. We had the ball for five more minutes. You know, we had more tackle breaks, more offloads, all that kind of stuff. 
But we, we had like, like forty tackles in there, twenty. Yeah, and we had and we got the soft whistle too. Until we got close in the game, we got fourteen penalties to seven, and a lot of them were penalties, but a lot of them are just let go these days. Got the soft whistle too, and we were just like never ever in this game. The whole way through, I didn't yeah. have a single confidence in us scoring a single point. We just look so, just slow and boring. And like Paul Gallen would be loving playing in this team because he could take as many fourth tackle hit ups as he wanted. Yeah, yeah. I think there's three things that are frustrating me the most with this team, and one of them is is that is that like when McCulloch's playing in, we have this like thing that we have to set, we take four tackles to set for a set play. Like four tackles will soak up in the twenty to set for it. And then we'll run one of the only two set plays we have, which is Oates sweeping back to the right now, which is new this year, but now everyone knows it's coming. Again, when the winger leaves the wing now, oh, the Oates play's coming, because we, we only have the one option in that play. They don't have any other variants. And the other one we have is the cutout to Oates on the left. Like, we spend four tackles setting up for the same dirt set plays that everyone knows are coming, and we know they're coming. But that's, that's our attack. It's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are we even talking about now? We've talked about this every single not yeah. week because we don't record every week, but every single episode. Yeah. It's just the same every time. Like it nothing's is. changing. Yeah, yeah, nothing's changing. And this whole stuff about like, oh Boyd might get dropped after this game, it's just like it, that was um and there's rumors we'll touch them as well. The rumors about oh there's other people influencing that decision. Whatever, it's like there's no credit to be had dropping him at this point. If you get me, like the season's over already. It's like it just reminds me so much of 2013. We had Ben Hunt ready to start in the halves, and then right before the season kicks off, we sign old Scott Prince. And Scott Prince wasn't terrible that year, but he wasn't good. And we waited till round 20 to finally drop Peter Wallace after the season was finally over. And then Ben Hunt had a really good back end of the year, and then had that breakout 2014. And it reminds me exactly of that. It's like, what? What are you what, like? What are you waiting for, Boyd? It's like after like four rounds, it was evident, and it's now around you know sixteen this weekend. And with Milford now injured, he might play to like round twenty. Then we'll finally drop him. That'll that'll fix the season. <laughs> yeah, I just think it seems extremely convenient that it's the week that we have one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, six people out for Origin. That, oh, we're gonna drop him actually. Yeah. Oh, and it's like, this is the week. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. We, we definitely, guys, we were really going to drop him this week. And it's like, but we can't. I just don't believe it at all. Like, no matter what they say, it's like, if they wanted to drop him for bad performances, there's been enough of them, they would have dropped them by round five. Yeah, and and if people are saying the club had influence, which is a rumour, um, how is that still not an indictment? People are like, oh, Seabold's being hung out to dry. It's like, at what point are you going to start getting mad at the club for what they've done then? If the cl- if, if if it is a rumor true that there is other people making influences on 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 the seventeen every week, that's just it. Just shows you again when this whole process was never about getting the right coach. It was about having more power for people in the back room. It was never about getting the right coach. It was about them being involved in everything, which is just wrong in rugby league. Yeah, I mean, uh, all the stuff we've said about Wayne Seabold, whatever. Like, I would, if Seabold was successful, I would have loved it. I, I don't care. Like, I want to win. But the biggest people we've always had the biggest problem with have been the board, been Paul White and the people behind there. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, it's exactly right. It, it's like, that's it. And then now we're at the point this week now. Again, if we were going to drop Darius Boyd, why did they put him at 5'8 and Milford at fullback? I mean, obviously, Asako's over in New Zealand, but. There was the option before was just put him in at fullback. There's one player swap, yeah, and it fixed that issue. And we've we've addressed Milford to fullback many times before on this podcast. And again, I'm, in the long term, I'm not against it. It would seem weird to do it after we've spent all this time turning him into a five eight. But it's more so I'm against like the this weird people think it's just like an immediate fix to our team putting him back there. And he was fine, but it was like he was left to be the fullback in defence, and then in attack he's supposed to still be the five eight pretty much. While Darius got to stand on the left doing nothing. But it's like he just he's not in fullback shape. He's just not. It was obvious in the game that he whilst he had good moments, he was off. He was off the pace. And then defensively at fullback also again because he hasn't been training there off for long enough. He kind of his communication wasn't there. There was a couple of times he didn't number up properly on short sides because the fullback wasn't helping out. But like, again, I'm not going to blame him for that. It's a stupid situation to put him in and expect him to somehow save the team again. I just don't get how Darius Boyd played six and he like he literally did less in this game than Cooper Cronk did in the grand final. Who had like, <laughs> yeah, we all know what Cooper Cronk like that game. 
and Darius Boyd, what was it, like two runs for eight metres this game or something? Like, And then barely kicked the ball. Yeah. Barely did anything. Didn't make a tackle. Yeah, didn't go to the line like at all. And like, and he had this. He had a lot of touches as the game went on. The first like thirty odd minutes he had about four or five touches, but the rest of his touches were like he was touching the ball when the t- when tap kicks were coming. So oh yeah, pass it out there. Then he touch it. He passed from dummy half. So he racked some touches up to show oh yeah, I got involved. But no, you just stood out there and watched the game pass you by. And like at this point, it looks like it's honestly. It wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if it came out next year that he was trying to get dropped. You know, <laughs> but like it can't, it's not happening. Yeah. yeah, and then like obviously there's a million problems with this team we've covered a lot of times, but now we've lost Milford, and I'm actually like because my season's over to me, and I don't happy he's injured, but it's like good. Now we'll see how we go without the guy everyone likes blaming. Now we'll see how good we are. It's not going to be pretty. It's not <laughs> because our attack was already like the worst, and he was like at least giving, you know, doing some stuff, but man, yeah. I mean, what is McCulloch going to do when somebody's not yelling at him to do something other than hit-ups? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, look at our spine this week, and there's no disrespect to Jake Turpin, because he is a good player, but he's playing 5-8, and our spine this week is Darius Boyd, Jake Turpin, Sean O'Sullivan, and Andrew McCulloch. And that's without any of our spine playing Origin. That is, like, the... Might be the worst spine in club history that's not Origin-affected. I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. Like they could like touch the ball and give us a repeat set on their line, and we'll just do six hit ups straight up the, at the post. <laughs> and Mark Mack will be stoked. Like, how good's this? Oh, yeah, it's the stuff it. of dreams. And, and so there's some stats I'll touch on before we move on. Like I have been put them out there a couple of times. I put them on NRL Boom Rookies. I said we put them on the Twitter account, but I'll put them out here. People haven't heard them yet. It's like just how bad we are away from home this year. It's like. Like, we are worse than the 2015 Knights were away from home. So, obviously, there's that one home game that we got that was an away game, forget me. That was the Manly game we played. So, I'm ignoring that. But we haven't scored a single point in any of our first halves in New South Wales this year. It's round 15. Not one point in the first half of New South Wales. And then the only try we scored all season in the first halves, away from Suncorp, was one try in Canberra. And the only other point you scored is one penalty goal in New Zealand. Six points in seven first halves away from Brisbane is a goddamn disgrace. And there's no way you can paint it. Rebuilding anything, all this bullshit. No team in the NRL in the Salary Cup League should be that bad when they had the ball in the possession. And we've had plenty of possession. We are disgraceful when game starts. And we look disengaged when game starts. And I don't know what the answer or the problem is because there seems to be so many problems with this club at the moment on the field. I haven't got any solutions anymore. <laughs> I don't care enough to try to figure out solutions anymore, no, I think. That's it. Like, because they're not going to come anyway. And, and I'm of the belief, you know, I've said, I, I don't, I'm not calling the Seabolt to be sacked. I am of the belief that, like, coaches generally deserve more than a year to, to prove what they've done. But on our other podcast last night, Matt Bungard raised an interesting point that he, there was a, there was somebody who ran football analytics and the number was either 10 or 20 games, but the strike rate it was like a, a coach not doing well in the first 10 or 20 games and then becoming good. It's like, this doesn't exist. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's good. And the only coach I could think of, I, th- I thought I'd have an only coach I could think of in the NRL, they're probably someone else, and, and fans can point out if they want to, that had had a bad first season or two and then sustained success, not like one-off good years, was Shane Flanagan. He had like 30% winning record the first two years and then was really good for like five years. But again, he cheated to get good. So not exactly the pinnacle you look at that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even because I was thinking Anthony Griffin, he did all right at the Panthers, but his first year at the Broncos was 2011. Is you know a pretty decent year. Oh yeah, he, I mean he, <laughs> so he has a winning record. He started coach. terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His team's problems are always that they were so dull and they didn't seem to have another gear. Like that was it. They've always been dull, and they were with us. But like you look at it now, like you know, Seabold is the worst in terms of record. He's the worst Broncos coach of all time. <laughs> it's not many there, but he's the only one with a losing record. Even Hanjak had a winning le- record. Um, you know, he, he he's come in. and We've got the te- a terrible. We're not might not win a game this year away from Suncorp. That's terrible. And now for us to even equal our club's history worst ever win ratio, I think we have to win every game of the rest left in the year. Is that right? Not every game, but close to. No, I think we've got to win. No. What is it? Oh, I've got to, oh, no, six. We've got to win six of our last, like, 12, what is it? Or, 
can't remember. Six of our last 11. Was it every game to make finals or something? I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember. But we've, our worst ever season was was, uh, was 10 wins in, in 2013, if you've forgotten. That, and that is the season talking about earlier with the um, Ben Hunt stuff. But we had a draw in that season too. So 14 losses would obviously would be our definite worst if we get there. And we, we are well on track to be that bad. <laughs> well on track. How good is it? It's great. And like... And I hate this whole thing now that like we really have become... And I don't blame the other fan ba- fans in our fan base. You're looking for hope, but I'm getting asked more than ever in on my DMs, on Facebook, by friends, like, oh, how's this kid? How's that kid? Because our team isn't good now, so we're looking for, like, oh, well, how are we going to be good in three years? We're like Penrith now. Like, this week we think, like, Xavier Coates and Herbie Farmworth, two young wingers are going to be our saviours somehow. Yeah, fun. I can definitely see that happening. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, Coates has played one game against men. No, two, sorry. One and a half. He played against... He played one Queensland Cup game in 67 minutes for PNG. He's definitely going to come in, and he's just going to be the saviour on the wing. Definitely. Oh, Who was that centre or did it for Penrith? Brent Naden. Um, yeah. It'll just be our Brent Naden. Yeah, but, but <laughs> Naden's been around forever anyway. Anyway, I don't know if you've got any more, anything else to say on this game. I don't. Um... Oh, just a bit back where we were talking about, you know, solutions for the team. I just think, like, with how bad Boyd and McCulloch are, I just don't even think you can really start to look for solutions outside of that. Like, you, if it, you, I just think you've got to remove those two, see what you've got left, and then see what, what the go is. And I don't... Yeah. Boyd, I can see getting moved on a lot sooner than McCulloch. I don't know what you do with McCulloch. Yeah, I think you've got to try and get someone else interested in him. But honestly, those two players, I do not care what their salaries are. They're a sunk cost at this point. We are a better team without them on the field, with already who we have, without even replacing the money they are in the cap, you know? If we were a better team with Turpin and Sekiara, we already had those guys signed. And you take Darius out and you put anybody there, we'll be a better, better team. So... I agree with you there. That's why I can't buy all this rebuild stuff because, like, we still haven't really... And, and, and other ones as well. Like, I'm an Alex Glenn fan, but he's had a pretty average year. And when he's fit, he will, he'll be straight back to starting and play 80 minutes and getting away with it. It's like there's like these five senior players in our team that are untouchable, and it's everyone else we're dropping. <laughs> yeah, I don't really get it, but Neither I'm not the coach, so... Yeah, exactly. But, um... Yeah, I'm, I'm really. Well, I think we're all holding on to hope that something's happening with Darius and um, and McCulloch over, over the next coming weeks. So, but I uh, yeah, I'll, I'll wait till I see it happen. Did I have one thing? I thought I had something to say, and I think I've lost it. But yeah, we can move on. We got any questions or thoughts, or you want to go to the next game and then and do the uh, the questions? Uh, yeah, we will just go to the next game first. Yeah, why not? We're not really going to preview it much. <laughs> So uh, this Sunday, uh, down at uh, Points Bet Stadium now, it's uh, Cronulla Sutherland Sharks hosting the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, it's a team we've played the most in history, and we have a great record against them, which are about to make it worse. We've only lost to them in Sydney like twice in the last decade and a bit. That's how good we are down at, at Points Bet, but we're about to lose again. <laughs> uh, rightio, this is a different-looking Bronco side. So Darius Boyd, back at fullback. Um, I'm sure that's going to go splendidly. Uh, on the wing is Harvey uh, Herbie. Uh, this is just a great start to this. <laughs> it's not even an Islander name, mate, and you've lost it. <laughs> no, I just, it's a different name. Muscle memory. Uh, Herbie Farnworth, uh, Katoni Stagger Centre. I don't know which side, if they're on the same side or not, yeah. but whatever. Uh, Jamat Shibasaki keeps his centre spot somehow. Yeah. And <laughs> Xavier Coates. Uh, so soon we'll have Coates and Oates on the wing, which yeah. will be nice. Jake Turpin is 5'8", Sean O'Sullivan is halfback, front row of Matt Lodge and Payne Haas with Andrew McCulloch, the hooker. Alex Glenn, TPJ is second row and Thomas Flagler, the lock. Interchange of James Seguiaro, Reese Kennedy, Sean Fensom and Patrick Carrigan. Reserves, Keenan Palacia. Palacia? I don't know that one. <laughs> I should have read through this before we did this. Uh, Corey, Corey Pakes, Patrick Margot and Isaiah Parisi. Okay, over on the Cronulla side, uh, at fullback, Matt Moylan on, well, how they're named is Sasai Feki on the wing with Bronson Cherry on the centres, uh, then Josh Morris in the centre, Josh Dugan on the wing on the right, but I'm anticipating they'll do the same they did last week, which would be Bronson Cherry will go to left wing, Morris left centre, Dugan right centre, Feki on the wing. Uh, halves combination is Chad Townsend and Sean Johnson. The front row, Aaron Woods and Matt Pryor in Fafita's absence. Uh, Jaden Braley's at hooker. The back row, 
with Wade Gray, mate, you've got Kurt Capewell, Sadie on the left, Brighton Nakora's on the right, and uh, Paul Gallen at lock. And the bench, Cole Flanagan, Jason Makuya, Jack Williams, Braden Hamlin, Ueli, and the extended reserve, sorry, Blake Braley, Scott Sorensen, Billy Magulius, and Aaron Gray. In, uh, in looking at that Broncos side, mate, that 1-7 to seven is near the worst we've seen. <laughs> like... Baby Broncos, like they, they, Coates and Farmworth might turn out good, but we used to baby Broncos sides in the past. You'd have someone come out like a Brent Tate out of them. I don't see no Brent Tate, baby. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm happy with Stags there and O'Sullivan there. That's like it in that one to seven. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's the it. pack. The pack still looks decent, but you know, I don't. I think they'll probably win by like twenty points. Yeah, it's 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 um the movable object versus the uh oh, blood of that anyway, but whatever. Going to it, sharks have not scored a point in the first twenty minutes or so for the last few weeks. We haven't scored a point in the first half, so this is going to be fantastic. <laughs> get get out to the stadium and support the boys, lads. It's going to be a real a real barn burner this one. The only thing we have in our favour is James Seguiaro revenge game, so that could happen. That could happen. I'm, I'm not going to put any uh, any weight into that, but uh, that could happen. <laughs> you did say earlier, um, you did ask what sides I'll be playing on. If if Stags, I believe, will remain on the left and Shibasaki on the right, I did hear Xavier Coates in an interview saying he'd be playing outside Shibasaki. So I guess that means Farmworth is playing on the left wing and Shibasaki's playing, and uh, Coates is playing on the right wing. But... Yep. Uh, who knows? Who knows what switches? Um, and I know people were interested in what I think of Herbie and Xavier Coates. I have spoken about Herbie Farmworth on the podcast before. I was one of the first people to mention the Red Devils thing with Man United. I'm already sick of it. <laughs> I mentioned it on here. <laughs> and he did, and, uh, uh, but he's had a pretty good cup season. He's got 12 tries in 11 games. He's filled out quite well. Has a nice step. And looks like a modern winger, if you get me. Big, fast, and can finish. So I'm excited to see him play because he's a bit older. And I do believe Xavier Coates, I don't know how good he is. I've only seen him play like three or four games. I've seen him play for Queens under-20s, where him and Tessie Newey, so under-18, sorry, were like the two best on the field that are Broncos. I've seen him play one Queensland Cup game that he was okay in. Papua New Guinea wasn't any good, and that was pretty much it. A lot of raps on him. You're going to hear Pete Bedell calling the next Greg Inglis, because that's what he does. To all of our juniors, they're all the next something. But I have no idea if he's ready for first grade. I feel like it's probably too soon, but happy to be proven wrong. But outside of those two, I mean, everyone else is now, is now a known commodity in this side. And I don't think you're getting too warm over Shibasaki or Sean O'Sullivan or Reese Kennedy or Pat Carrigan or Sean Fenson. Hmm. Pat Carrigan, by the way, off him. Plays him off. He's one of them. Not, not a fair head. Why? Well, he's one of those ones. We, he's always been the, out of our young bunch. Like three years, been hearing about he'll be the next one. And I don't know if you remember us across the time. I always said I rated Flegler more, and some of the other guys more than him. But mate, he is so stupid. He's one of those guys. Like he probably uh, next time you watch the games, lads, you'll, you'll look now. But he is offside all the damn time. If you're wondering who's giving away those dumb fourth tackle penalties when we're, who's offside, it's him. <laughs> there was one of the tackle penalties against Parramatta. Where it was like we pinned him down on the in their twenty for the first four tackles, and he was offside for all of them, and then he pushed it again on the fifth, and he got pinged. I'm like, you're an absolute idiot, mate. They called you out four times, you did it again. You got away with it four times, you did it. He's just one of those players that it's like if he's just stupid like that. I don't know if you're turning it around. And he doesn't look particularly talented in other ways. I'm happy to be proven wrong on him, but doesn't doesn't excite me currently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and over at the Sharkies, they've only lost Wade Graham to Origin, and they had a bad game against the Bulldogs last week. It just feels like they're ready to put a, put a hurting on us, hey? And Sean Johnson's historically pretty good against our lot. Yeah, I mean, it's at their home game. It's just prime for a bounce back. It really is, isn't it? <laughs> um, just, just good old classic ambush down at Shark Park. The ambush! <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, if, if you want to talk about the baby Broncos, by the way, I, com- I compared them to this side. It was like the Broncos obviously missing like a 10 million players in that, in that game, obviously, as we know. It's t- round 12, 2002. Uh, so, anyway, we won 28-14. And in that team, the back line for that day was uh, Nick Parfitt, Scott Minto, Casey Maguire, Stuart Kelly, Steve Irwin, Brett Seymour and Scott Prince. So maybe today's backline is not worse than <laughs> the worst Broncos backline uh, of all time. That's that's I think that's worse. Nick Parfitt didn't do anything. We know Scott Minto. Maguire's not a centre. And they hated Stuart Kelly at the Broncos and Steve Irwin. 
it will turn out to be nothing as well. Halves are he okay. He ended though. up having a good career fighting crocodiles, but, you know. He did. The halves are okay, but that was a much better Broncos side too. I mean, they finished third that year, but they sat, you know, top of the table most of the year. Lost a prelim against the Roosters uh, 16-12, but... For that game, they were missing, like, you know, we had, like, half the Origin team or more at that point. So we were missing, what, uh, Lockyard, Takiri, Devere, Tate, Berrigan, Langer, Webke, Seven Deceiver, Talis, Ashley Harrison, Andrew G, Dane Carlock, Chris Walker, Carl Webb. We're <laughs> missing for that game, that's so... It's a, a fair few. That's an explainable backline compared to what we're putting out this week. We're missing, like, five or six players who look like we're a reserve grade side. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're only missing one one back uh, in Milford. Yeah, exactly. And it looks like this. <laughs> like, Asako's on personal leave too. But Shibasaki is like, man, he yeah, he's going to get a run rest of the year, it feels like, because he's still in there now. But, mate, he's just something else as well. I feel like the pressure's not on him as much because of Boyd and McCulloch, but he's been almost as bad as those two. Yeah, he's definitely been not far behind. I mean, Glenn for mine's been probably one of the worst yeah. behind those two first. But yeah, Shibasaki's also up there. Yeah, he has. And then Tony Staggs is obviously a good prospect. But I think people just, because they saw those glimpses last year, they expect he just come in and be this awesome player. I mean, we had Broncos fans saying he's better than James Roberts when he, already. And it's like, you, no. No, he's not. He might be better than Roberts in a couple of years, but he's not right now. He's done, you know, near nothing with the ball in hand this season. Yeah, righto. Righto. And, uh, oh, one thing, by the way, what are the odds, actually, if Boyd is a busted, he gets dropped this week? What are the odds? Oh, a zero. Yeah, I think like 2% <laughs> chance he gets dropped. Righto. Um, well, let's stop talking about that yeah, one. Let's go, to the, let's go to the questions. Cool. Over on Facebook from Harry Cow Papa Tianui Rahui. I'm very sorry for butchering your name. Yeah. Um, is there any chance of this team being competitive from here on in? If so, when is it going to start? And my final question, does the team care about its fans and supporters? Because the brand of football the team plays pretty much sums up the middle finger. Someone tell me it ain't so. I do think they care. I think the players care. And I, and I think I think Seabold care. But I think Seabold thinks he's smarter than everybody. That's what I think. That's my personal problem. I think he thinks he's smarter than everybody that he just thought his system would work and that'd be it. And that's just not how you do it in rugby league. You have to be adaptable. Any good coach adapts, and he's come in, put his system in place. It hasn't worked, and it's just, well, this is how we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from Bo, we have made, uh, we have had a lot of players debut this year as well. What do you think of their performances? Okay, the debutants of this season, you're saying. Okay, so we're talking, uh, well, obviously, Tom Dearden. Uh, Payne Huss didn't debut. He cancelled the rookie, but Tom Dearden... Uh, Shibis- uh, no, Shibasaki played last year as well. Flegler debuted. Sean O'Sullivan debuted for the club. Uh, Pat Carrigan, did he debut or has he played the game before? He did debut. Uh, chuck him in anyway. Yeah. Like, there hasn't been as many debutantes as, you, as you'd think for mine because a lot of them played last year when they had to when we had a similar injury crisis. But like, who would I say? Out of the young players, who, who, who I rate most of them, to be honest. They're just set up in a tough spot. The ones I'm not huge on, as I said, was Sua, who's gone. Pat Carrigan, I'm not huge on. And I think Sean O'Sullivan, I, whilst I thought he'd be better than what he is, I think he's kind of been in a bad spot. But he also looks a bit off the pace in terms of NRL speed. His game he's not, doesn't seem to be up to the speed of the game. He looks a bit slow. And then Shibasaki is a disgrace. <laughs> Um, similar sort of thing, this next question from Sean. He said, can you fellas go through some of the up-and-coming players, don't get much chance to watch Q-Cup, and would like to know where this so-called rebuild is working towards? <laughs> well, you've already seen Tom Dearden play, and I think we're all pretty happy with him. But uh, the, the, in terms of other young players coming through, I mean, I don't want to put all... I don't want to be Penrith fans and put all the hope in them, but it feels like we've, that's what we're getting. Like, we've got, um, as you know, coming this week, Xavier Coates and uh, Herbie Farmworth we're going to see this week. I really like uh, Tessie Nui, his full name, Fana Tessie Nui. He's a centre who's playing at, at the Magpies, and he looks like he's got great potential. And you can go find highlights, QRL.com. If you go watch under-18 under Queensland highlights, you'll see him car- absolutely carve that game up. Um, we also have, I don't know how to say his last name, but Ilke Vudongo, I'm going to try and say. he's uh, He is Fijian, and it's spelt Vudogo. He also has played only one game and seven minutes on the bench for South Logan Magpies, but he pretty much had his starting debut last week, and he's a centre we brought from Fiji, and he looks like he might be 
you know, not semi, but like in the in the same realm as like a semi or a Mike Acevo in terms of a player that you know spent a year or two in reserve grade and will be thrown into NRL and just be you know one of those specimens. So he looks all right. Um, in terms of forwards, we've seen them all. You know, pretty much we've seen all the Broncos ones that are, that are coming right at the moment. There's a, there's um, Ethan Bullmore who plays at um, at North Devils with Herbie Farmworth, who looks kind of like Herbie Farmworth from a distance. Uh, he has been quite good this year, and I actually think I'd rate him more than Pat Carrigan. But the other younger fellas are all you know. We're talking 18, and it's hard to put pressure on. There's like you know a, a Josh James who's a 5'8", who played for the under 18s as well. Put pressure on him. I don't really want to. But yeah, most other guys now are like seventeen, eighteen. I'm not going to hate expectations on those guys at this point. They're too young. Yeah. Right. Um, well, that was a lot more than I could talk about them. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, from Tim, he said Broncos need to make a play at Pappenhausen from the Storm. <laughs> well, everyone got off with him and said no, so that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't see it's going to happen. Uh, from Jussie, he said F Boyd off the passenger. Yeah. We spoke about the Val uh, Holmes dream on the podcast, didn't we? My dream. Uh, you've talked about it. I'm still. I still don't like him. Oh, I don't like him either. But that's my. That's my current dream. I've talked about it. People have forgotten or didn't listen to the last episode. My my dream scenario was exactly what happened with the Cowboys. Scott Drinkwater goes there. Good player, but that fills their fullback spot. Uh, Val Holmes fails at the Jets. Wants to come back to the NRL next year, and we have a fullback spot. We'll get Boyd to retire. That's my ideal scenario. But not because I don't think he's like... I never. I always thought he was a bit overrated, but in terms of what I want to see from a fullback, I've missed someone running back hard and supporting to the middle so much. That's all I want. That's all I want from a fullback now is like running hard and straight and supporting up the guts. I want Josh Hoffman, essentially. But I'll pay for Valentine's Holmes, the steroid Josh Hoffman. <laughs> Josh Hoffman that won't complain in the Courier Mail every week that he's not playing six. Mm. Um, from Nick... How is Boyd still in first grade when you have X Wallabies gun Isaiah Parisi in reserves? I don't know. Like Parisi's not not going to come in and play fullback. I think that's the reason why I don't think Boyd will get dropped again. That article's come out of convenient time with Milford being injured, but they've had all year to put a Sarko at fullback, and he's like the only other fullback fit at the club now. So they're going to do that next week, and then put and what? Maybe, but I don't think so. Um, ben also asked why they won't get rid of Boyd. Um, from from Mark one question I think you'll avoid is pertaining to Boyd being dropped <laughs> we're not avoiding it we want him to drop but, drop, but it's, um, we don't know the answers mate um, and lastly here from Scott it's a very nice question he said are you okay no <laughs> are you Simone <laughs> oh, when I don't think about football I'm okay yeah I'm okay I'm enjoying a lot of the other rugby league that's the big problem <laughs> yeah that's like I like I love rugby league more now than ever, but I just hate the Broncos more now than ever. Like the other seven games every week, I I love them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you get like an absolute bludger on a Thursday night where it's raining in Sydney and there's like twenty two points scored, and it's like it's the best. It's rugby league. Then our team, the our, our team coming is like a slowly beating drum. It's inevitable. It's going to get there, but it's like, can it not? Can I not watch the Broncos this week? <laughs> Righto, over on the Twitter from Corey Goats. He has an excuse bingo board that we'll go through here for a sec. Okay. So he he asks, which line will you get bingo on first from the Anthony Seabold excuse bingo game? So in the top left we have, we had lots of players with less than 25 games played. Um, top middle is, I was left with salary cap issues. Top right, they had their minds on rep round. Um, the next row is, we had our backup winger injured in the first few minutes of the game. <laughs> in the middle is they're the premiers for a reason. Oh, um, and that one got me. <laughs> oh. And that, that we were unlucky. We had 90% tackle efficiency. Um, the bottom row is we had a few calls against, go against us. Uh, bottom middle is too many 19-year-olds. And then the last one is bound to the ball didn't go our way. Okay, so I would have gone... So from top left, that's we had lots of players less than 25 games. I would have gone that down right diagonal, but I don't think the bounce of the ball didn't go away would be my excuse bingo. Uh, so it's probably the top row across. That's probably... Or maybe in the middle row across, which is we had our backup winger injured the first few minutes. The premiers for a reason. We had tackle efficiency of 90% <laughs> for our marking. That's probably it. Yeah, I feel either in the top or the middle row, just straight across, is is the way I'm going. You could tell the bottom row is where he ran out of ideas. He's like, oh, I just fill it up. <laughs> yeah, 
I think the two weak, like the weakest one in the middle row is the backup winger, and the weakest one on the top row is mine's on rep round. Yeah. But I think I think the backup winger is a stronger one there to finish it off is. that line. That salary cap issues one is hilarious, by the way, because that is the most fakest of news. When he came out and said, "We were when I got to the club, we were over the cap." Again, that was for this year. You don't have to be cap compliant till like March first. The storm were over the cap. Remember, they were trying to shut people in preseason. We knew we were going to be over the cap if we kept Oates and Pangai and whatever and shit Maguire. We knew this. But now it's like, oh, I was over the cap when I got here. What could I do? Like, turn it up, mate. And people were buying that excuse. Oh, look at the spot he's left in. It's like, again, half the league's over the cap before the season starts. So they've got to make moves to get back under it because they re-signed players and whatever. If we didn't re-sign Jaden Sewell, he might have been under it. <laughs> yeah. Righto, uh, from Nathan Chip 22 Did you boys ever expect this kind of shamble to happen at the Broncos? Because I just can't believe this is happening. Well, I mean, we kind of, us two here, predicted that it would be exactly the same as last time Wayne left, pretty much. It, felt, it was ticking all the same boxes, but I didn't think it would be this bad. I didn't think it was possible with the talent in our roster it would be this bad. Because last time we did have a talent deficiency by, by a year or two after Wayne left. We actually have talent now. Yeah, I just thought you might have games, like you might... I wasn't sure how Seabold would go, and you might have bad coaching. And similar to where Hook was at the Panthers, they just would, like, 60 minutes in, the players would be like, nah, stuff the game plan, we'll play the way we want to play, and then win games just because they're talented footballers. Yeah. And, and I just thought we would be able to do that, especially if Boyd played a lesser role. I thought, you know, off our forwards and offloads, you know, you've got Milford and, and Asako and blokes like that that are able to... Yeah, we had Jimmy. I just, yeah, I thought we'd be a pretty decent side still. Yeah, and, and the problem uh, that that Ivan Henjak faced. So obviously, in two thousand and nine, he made the prelim final. In two thousand and ten, he missed the finals. He finished tenth. The problem he faced was like we had a pretty good backline then. Like we had Yao Yi come through. We started Lockyer. Yeah, Wallace was okay at that point. Um, Easy Flowers at the club. Winterstein wasn't too bad on the wing. The backline was okay. His problem was he had no front rowers. We haven't got no forwards now. His front row rotation at that point was Nick Kenny, uh, Scott Anderson, uh, Shane Tronk, and like Ashton Sims when he did play, and then like Largi said who played a bit, and then there was like really young Josh McGuire. It was not a very good front row rotation. And Mitchell Dodds was in it too. Like that was pretty custard. So he had actual problems in that regard. We haven't got talent problems now. We still haven't seen it. Well, we have Boyd and McCulloch, but it's not the same level of like we had like five bad players in our starting lineup when we had. Uh, that bad year in 2010. Right, uh, from Corey Goats again, he said, who was more out of their depth, Anthony Seabold, Kevin Walters, or the Game of Thrones Season 8 riders? <sighs> At least the Game of Thrones guys put seven seasons together. Well, six seasons together. It's <laughs> uh, oh, a hard one between Kevin and Seabold. I'm going to say... I'll tell you what. You go, you go. Oh, I was just going to say, with Origin this year, it seems that like... Kevy is making the decisions for New South Wales to try to lose. <laughs> Freddie is making decisions for Queensland to try to lose, and they're both like picking each other's sides. It's and they're both just like Freddie's just falling forwards into some decisions that are helping him. I mean, but then he goes and picks Mitchell Pearce, which is just that made my day. I, it's the best ever. It's the best. But yeah, like it's funny he fell forward into Fanuka Maloney and Clemmer again. <laughs> it's like he tried to drop Clemmer last year and didn't. And this, the excuse again yesterday's excuse was effort. For Clement, and today's excuse was he doesn't pass the ball. It's like, mate, what are you on about? He's the best prop in Australia. Uh, it, it's just he is so cooked. Like he needs to lay off mushrooms or whatever because he is he's proper cooked. Yeah, and the Queensland team is so cooked that Joe Alfangale, who I like, but a lot of Broncos fans don't, who's like our fourth or fifth best prop, starts for Queensland. <laughs> But that's alright. But, um, but yeah, I think you it might be expect to win. I think it might be Seabold because Kevy, like, even though he has, and he has, he has all year to prepare for three games, and him and Freddie seem to have done no prep any either way. <laughs> all year, it's a three, it's a, it's like a, a two month job. But again, the expectations aren't very high. To, for being, you know, Mal was a good Origin coach. He's no tactician, but Seabold, like. He came in, we had that whole... He white-handed Wayne. We had that whole preseason of, like, this guy is a genius. He's got it all figured out. He's everything. He's got it all. And then what's happened there? Yeah, I think he might be the one more out of that there. On origin coaches, too, he's saying, like, that. it seems like they've done no prep. I don't get how you don't, like... I don't know. If I was an origin coach, at the start of the year, I've got, okay, these are the 17 I want to have mm. based on, like, the players they are. 
you might have 10 others you're thinking about. And I just don't know how you just don't watch those like 30 players every single week, you know. And then by the time you got to pick a side, you already know what side you're picking because you've watched those 30 players all week, every week. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how you can do, coach three games a year and not prepare for them Mate. as much as they do. And then you have like Freddie forgetting how to use a bench game one. We never used it last year either. But Kevy finally copied the NRL rotations and used it. Then game two, he said after game two and this week, he was lucky that he had an injury because he didn't know how to use Wade Graham. It's like, what? <laughs> you picked a guy, you're like, I don't know, he's just he's in the team. <laughs> oh, what? oh man! <laughs> Classic, yeah, righto, Jared uh, underscore S. Where do we go from here as a club? We have no direction or leadership. I don't know, mate. I don't know, honestly. <laughs> we just hope it turns around, don't we? Yep. Um, from GM Walker underscore, whose management is more incompetent, the Brisbane Broncos or the New York Knicks? The Knicks. The Knicks have been 20 years of incompetent. They're one of the most incompetent franchises in the world. They live, they're live; they in New York, and players want to play in New York. They want to go there, and they don't because it's so poorly run. And it took the Nets three years to do what the Knicks couldn't do in 50 years and get players moved to New York. Like The Nets were like the worst team in the league three years ago, and they had somewhat, they've been sorted out for three years, and they had players wanting to go there, and the Knicks still can't get players to go there. It's the Knicks by some distance, no matter how bad the Broncos' back room might be right now. Who, okay, this is just from me then. Who's worse between the Knicks and the Browns? The Knicks. Still the Knicks. <laughs> the, you know, the... Browns have only been bad for 20 years. And no one wants to go to Cleveland. <laughs> like, That's true. Everyone wants to leave. Like, the difference is, like, people, again, players, superstars want to go to the Knicks. And then they just bottle it somehow. <laughs> yeah. Righto. From uh, Real underscore Mr. Ives. Ranked the worst seasons in Brisbane Broncos history or the last 10 years based on roster slash expectations. This is number one by distance. Like, it's not close. Yeah, well, I mean, depending how it finishes. But if it stays on this trajectory, this is number one. Yep, and then uh, I think 2010, probably second, because we still had Lockyer. You know, yep. And even, even though Lockyer didn't play all the games, he pretty much only missed finals because because he, he got injured. You know, we we lost like I think we, what we were in. He was sitting in the top eight, and then he missed the last four games, and he missed a couple of games before that, and we lost all those games without him. But I think because we missed the finals with having still, I know I meant to mention the four pack was garbage. But we still had Lockyer, we still had Easy Falau, we still had like Young Gillette who was good and whatever. You know, that was disappointing. And then third would be 2013, but 2013 I actually expected to be shit. Yeah. So that's it. And then, like, every other year, oh. Would there be another year you would, you would say disappointed you? Um, they're probably the standouts. Yeah. And to be honest, I was disappointed in 2014 too, but I got to hold on to like Ben Hunt being ben sick. Hunt. And then also, a bit, a bit of that year, we just let Justin Hodges do whatever he wanted. So he was just doing stuff all over the field. He did whatever he wanted to do yeah. that year, so that was pretty fun. <laughs> Uh, from Mr. Unscore S888, he just asks, why bother? <laughs> You're asking two guys who uh, are doing a podcast about this. We, we haven't got an answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from GM Walker underscore again, he said, if Stags and Fafita are the future right-age players for the Broncos, why are we playing them out of position to fit near-future insurance salesmen Shibasaki <laughs> and Gillette into this team? Well, you see, those that's mine or your future's Broncos right-edge. That's not the right edge of someone else's, it doesn't seem to be. Um, uh, Eddie and said, should we have seen the season coming with the new jerseys when the new jerseys were revealed? Just talking about bad designs and bad seasons. Yeah, he actually now makes a good point on this because the 2013 jersey was that ugly diagonal jersey. It's still not the worst diagonal jersey we've it's had, not though. It's not. A diagonal gradient for the year after is worse. Yeah. And then 2010 was like when we went like that kind of like yellow down the sides around the top kind of move that wasn't when we started looking like Broncos jerseys at all. That was 2010, but 2010 did have the um like that commemorative jersey which is cool. This, but those two years are terrible jerseys. He might be onto something. We should have known. We just have to wait and see next season. Yeah. Uh, missed, uh, from never underscore trendy underscore. I thought this season was over. Um. It is. <laughs> right, Razor Raman said, so where will Darius realistically be in 2020? He won't be playing for us. I'm pretty confident of that. Like, doesn't matter if he's playing, if he's not retired or not. I'm pretty confident he won't play first grade for us next year. 
uh, from Eros Romero. Five, after the bleak and god-awful season, do you see us playing finals football at all in the next five years? <laughs> I do. Yes, come on. It's, it's still the NRL, mate. Like we, Every year, some teams jump up. and it, like Shit teams make the finals in this competition. You know, like The Knights this year probably won't make the finals. They're shit. <laughs> I mean, as bad as we, as bad as we are, and we're what three games out of the finals. Yeah, we're four points behind eighth at the moment. Obviously, buys and stuff. Yeah. But so you know, you can be terrible. Half the teams make finals. And yeah, and then, honestly, coming to a season fresh, if you start well with a young team that we have, and it doesn't matter who your coach is, if you win your first one or two games, the team will get confident and start rolling. We can easily flug our way into the finals. You only have to win half your games. Uh, lastly here from Pythago NRL what terrifies you more the looming climate apocalypse or the prospect the Broncos never being good again definitely the prospect the Broncos never being good again the climate's not my problem <laughs> when I'm dead it'd be a problem yeah. <laughs> I mean aside from the fact that like my lifetime it's going to be fine there's not really really anything I can do about it anyway so you know it's, that's other people's to deal with. It is, exactly right. Broncos. And the Broncos one, definitely, that, 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 that is the impending doom that I cannot escape. It's every week I'm reminded of it. There's only like every now and then once a year, it's like 45 degrees. I'm like, man, the climate's got problems. It's every week and I'm like, man, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on with this Broncos team? Ah, <laughs> uh, cool. Righto. Yeah. Is that it? Um, did, yeah, that's all of those. Did we want to talk about like segment suggestions yeah, or yeah, no? Yeah, we'll do that. So... Um, we've decided, obviously, the podcast is depressing at this point, and it's depressing for us too, so we want to have some fun moving forward, so pretty much, se- like, we all know the season's pretty much over. We're going to we want we're gonna start putting some other segments in just to have some fun, so if anything you want to hear us discuss, or, you know, Broncos or not, let us know, and, and we'll do some segments in coming weeks. Um, we are tossing a few up. I don't know if we want to drop those, Simo, we're going to probably... Yeah, why not? Yeah, you, you can say, you've got a couple ideas. Oh, hang on, I've got to go to our group yeah, chat then. Yeah, but we're kind of uh, you know looking at things. Like we might we might spend some time actually talking about good Bronco seasons in the past or some of our favourite games. I wish I would I, I would like the idea of going back to like a certain year, like 2006, watching all the games and going over the evolution of that season. But unfortunately, it's very hard to get vision of all those games. We can watch all the finals, but but yeah, I'm not I'm not going to do that just yet. That's an idea. Uh, other ideas are stealing from other podcasts, obviously. Like. <laughs> that's that's what you do good yeah. um, there's another option I, whether this happens or not but we just sit down and like start watching a game together like live um, which obviously the first half is more just going to be talking about what's happening the second half will probably get a bit more podcasty and breaking down the game yeah. you know as it's happening um, that could be one we might just, record it and it could be shithouse so we wouldn't put it out but it's like we, we record it and see you know probably like we start sober get drunker wake up in the morning see what we've got yeah might just scrap it. It might be the second like deleted episode. Yeah, it could be like we could wake up in the morning and be like, you know what, you can't put those things in public. No, <laughs> you, you can't say that about JT thirteen times in a half hour period. It's like the centers on TV networks. It's like, look, you can say fuck once, but if you say he's a rapist forty seven times in four minutes, you just you just can't get away with it. You need to stop comparing Hitler to Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> once you can say it once. Yeah, we'll see uh, okay, if we do that, we've got to get Budu on as well. Budu? Yeah. Yeah, okay, we'll stir him up, mate. We'll have a, we'll have a three-way over the uh, over the podcast. That's all right. Um, yeah, anyway, so yeah, if there's any like any segments, anything at all people interested in, just literally just anything, we want to do something different. I am... So it's not exactly the same depressing thing every time. I am leaning towards the idea of stealing JRVP's latest episode and just playing the same horse joke over and over again. <laughs> On our podcast, why not? That was great. Oh, every, like, honestly, you could steal every segment they do, and it's just, they're all good segments. Yeah, and great podcast. Like, the goat. Real, realistically, like, what, three people that listen to our show are going to listen to theirs as well, so, like, we'll probably get away with it. Well, there's our first recommendation station. Go listen to JRVP. That's um, <laughs> Anthony Jesselnick and Greg Rosenthal's podcast. Jesselnick, you might know from Netflix comedy specials now, but... um. There's a particular episode, I think it's three weeks ago now, where he turns up drunk, and it's like it's like recorded at Comedy Central, and he turns up hammered, just on Nick. Like, he apparently dropped a champagne bottle on the way in, like, whatever. Yeah. And, but it is hilarious, and in today's episode, they just replayed, like, the same joke from that episode, like, seven times, and it's and it was it was a great segment. I mean, the podcast originally was, like, an NFL podcast, but, like, honestly, you don't even have to like NFL to like it. It's, it's just more a comedy podcast. It's hilarious, and then they just, like... Yeah, everything about it's great. It is. And 
recommendation stations one of their segments that we've now stolen. Yeah, so. we haven't got a producer like Erica. We could have like Wally's corner. <laughs> Get it. Get Wally on. <laughs> don't 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 give him like suggestions. No, he'd ask about, He'll be right he'd on. He asked about twenty fifteen every every week. What do you guys reckon about twenty fifteen? <laughs> what well, what was your favourite moment of the twenty fifteen grand final after the eightieth minute? Yeah. <laughs> That's stuff. But yeah, hit us up if you've got any ideas. Again, other random topics are fine too because we know you guys that want to come on here and every single week and hear us just whinge about the same Broncos problems. They're, they're still Darius there. They're all, they're all still there, those problems. <laughs> yeah. That's sweet. I think that'll do us then. Yeah. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> See you in three to four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> when we think I'm a good segment it's not, to But do. it's not even a Broncos podcast anymore at that point. <laughs> Probably do more off-season podcast than on-season podcast at this rate. Okay, see you later, everyone. Cool, go Mitchell Pierce. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 